0: In this week's episode of Castaway, I chat with fellow podcaster, Candy Kittens founder, Made in Chelsea's Jamie Lang. His podcast, Private Parts, which he does with Francis Bull, is now on its 160th episode. So you could call him a pro at this stage. In this chat, Jamie tells me why his dream is to interview Paul Rudd, or basically be anywhere near Paul Rudd, and how he's found that his podcast has given him a chance to show his real self completely unfiltered. I did his podcast as a guest recently and then saw some articles about things I'd said uh, that were a little bit twisted, but thankfully to Joy's a podcast is everything that I said is there in context. This is why we love podcasts so much. Jamie and I also bond over our fascination with unsolved mysteries with a brilliant recommendation from him called Missing Richard Simmons. This selection, along with the odd box set recommendation from both of us, is going to help see us all through the next few weeks. Jamie Lang on Castaway. Jamie Lang, welcome to Castaway.
2: Oh my God, thank you for having me. I feel like it's... Do you know what? I, I heard this word the other day, but I, I, I never really knew what it meant, but it, discombobulating, is that right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I discombobulated. God. I feel yeah. discombobulated. Perfect I can't,
2: word. I can't see you. I can't... Look, I can just, I can just hear you in my, in my head. That's all it is at the moment because we're in self-isolation.
0: And I'm not just a voice in your head. I am real. I promise you haven't (laughs) gone mad just yet.
2: Do you know what? It's all things. If there was a voice going to be, if there was a voice in my head and it was your voice, I'd be happy with that. That would be, yeah, it'd be a good voice.
0: I don't think the man uh, who I live with would say that. I think my voice gets on his nerves after a while, especially when you're self-isolating with just one person. It can be a lot.
2: if 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 you if the person you're living with's voice was in my head i don't think i'd like it either
0: <laughs> i know can you imagine having the the scottish voice following you around uh, the whole time it's a loss it's a loss <laughs> i think of me during these hard times um where I are do. you right now actually
2: so i'm currently in the countryside i'm in the uh, in the Cotswolds actually so i decided when everything was sort of kicking off and everything was becoming a bit hectic i decided that i was like right i got to get out of london because <laughs> the thought of uh, being in my one bedroom apartment in London, I was like, I just can't do this. So I went, my mum lives in the countryside. So I went down to hers, living with hers. We've nearly, we've had about 400 arguments, which is good. <laughs> my, I'm with my girlfriend as well. We've had about three arguments, which isn't that bad. Oh, that's very my, good. Yeah, which is not too bad. I've got my sister here. We've had one argument. Um, but if all of my family go missing, I promise you it's not me.
0: <laughs> I do think I, I joked like in on the show Love Island, they have a thing called Casa Amor. And that's kind of the ultimate test. Yeah. I feel self-isolation with somebody is the ultimate test on if any relationship. Th-
2: Laura, it is the ultimate test because everything is tested. You're tested about your, what you want to eat, your living conditions, your, the way you react, the way you react to what movies you want to watch. Every single thing is tested. And I feel like if you can get through self-isolation with your girlfriend, your partner, your parents, your family, whoever it is, then you're kind of set then you're like, okay, we're okay here. We're kind of, we can get through most things.
0: And if you can't get through it, tough because you're stuck with them.
2: Yeah, you're stuck with them. <laughs> Pretty you're much. literally uh, stuck with them.
0: I know for me living in London, that we're always in a rush. I'm always on the go. I've always got something to do. And my mom even said to me last night, she's in Ireland, but we're FaceTiming, uh, which is a new concept for her. And she was saying, this is the most I've ever talked to you because you're always too busy. And I feel now we we're slowing down and it's not necessarily a bad thing.
2: Do you know what? It's an amazing thing. I think that what what's, what's happened is is that we've become uh so su- such a kind of generation of that we we ha- if we're not if we're not up at six a.m. seven in the morning going to the gym and doing this and that we're we considered lazy mm-hmm. and we're considered that we're not achieving we're not successful we're not all these different things. But in fact, that's not what success is at all. Success is about having strong relationships, good friends, good empathy, good good loyalty, mm-hmm. all these different things. And I think what we were doing is we were running ourselves into the ground. We we, we constantly work all the time and my biggest fear actually was i was right i was going to suddenly stop and then i was like well what do i do now what do i do oh my god i can't do anything i can't do anything and actually stopping and relaxing and actually appreciating life is what we're having to do right now is so much better because we're appreciating so many more things which I think I, ne- you know, I I walked around the other day. I went on my little like one walk thing, mm-hmm. and I walked around, and I like I heard like the birds tweeting and like the wind blowing, and I was like, this is nature. I was yeah. like, I haven't listened to this for years. I haven't listened to it at all for years. So it's a really grounding. Experience, I think. I think it's a really grounding experience.
0: I think it's important to get the positives. A lot of people are are kind of looking to uh, other ways to entertain themselves at this time as well. You know, I had a meeting this morning uh, with a work thing, and at the very end, all we did was swap ideas of podcasts and different shows that we're watching because everyone just wants to be part of something, and we still want a little bit of escapism uh, from what's going on in the real world. And also, we want to talk about what's going on in the real world. Your podcast, Private Parts, has been going since I think twenty seventeen. It's been going for quite a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's been going so I started our podcast that I hosted my buddy Francis, but we I called Private Parts. We started about, yeah, three and a half, four years ago. And basically why I started it was I was, you know, I was so kind of irritated that I couldn't in the television world it's very hard to get things commissioned and things like that because of commissioners there's Mm -hmm. so many ideas out there, there's so many people, there's so many things going on, so I kind of wanted to do something for myself and I when I went travelling around South America when I was about 18, 19 years old, um, I decided to write a diary and I wrote this diary and it's the only thing I ever committed to, I mean I don't know why I never worked, I never did anything, I liked sport, that was about it, I Mm -hmm. had on and off girlfriends, nothing really at all but for some reason when I went travelling I wrote this diary every single day. And I wrote a page and a half about nonsense. So I thought this would be quite funny. So I wanted to sit with my buddy Francis, who's the total sort of yin to my yang, in a sense. He's very kind of he's very dry, he's very normal. He basically said, I'm gonna read you my diary. This is how it's gonna work. So I started reading in my diary, reading in the stories from it, and we realized that these conversations were coming across that were really funny, really entertaining, just joyful in so many different ways. And so that's how Private Parts started. That we started to 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 talk to each other about our weekly diaries and then what happened was is that I think that we live in this world where we forget how amazing people are like people are so incredibly badass and they have amazing stories and different things and we also kind of live in this world which we have a filter where we use Instagram when we use these different things and everyone kind of protects themselves and I was kind of irritated by that as well so what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a platform like Private Parts where people can come on and they can kind of be real and for some reason you probably get this as well when you do your podcast is that when some people speak on a podcast, for some reason you're really you're much more open about it? Mm. And you kind of speak freely and you speak openly and you tell your stories and all these different things. And that's what Private Parts is about, is about sitting with uh my friend Francis and a guest each week, and we just talk about different stories that we've had in our lives and different things that's going on, and just speak openly and freely and without any filters at all. And it's one of the best things I've ever done. How much do you love doing your podcast? Do you not love it?
0: I love it. And again, what you said there about being so much more open, like working in this industry for about 10 years or so, every time I'd have to do an interview and I'm normally the person interviewing someone, but when I'd have to be mm. interviewed, I just used to get so panicked and protective over what I'm saying. Oh, please don't ask me about my personal life. I don't do this or I shouldn't say this. When I do a podcast, like I kind of forget that. I tell everything. And it's, it's weird <laughs> because I've always been so cautious, but there's something safe where you're not just going to be edited into a headline. It's the full story and it's just a safer community.
2: Yeah. yeah look, I think also you have to, you you probably have to worry a little bit more. I think when you sort of say something or you do something, it probably ends up in the press. I think when I say something or do something, it doesn't really end up in the press because probably they don't care. But secondly, they just go, well, this Jamie. So it doesn't <laughs> really... Whatever I do now, people don't really care anymore because it's not as bad as what's happened in the past. So you have to be a lot more protective, I suppose, over what you... And I feel really... Do you know what? The only time this has ever happened... Um, to me is that I've always been really free and open with whatever I've said Mm -hmm. and I haven't really worried about it and then I did Strictly Come Dancing last year but I I hurt my foot I know it's hilarious I thought I was gonna be (laughs) Billy Elliot what happened was is that I was doing the interviews before Mm-hmm. And they would ask you. Know, people would ask lots of different questions and things like that, and you'd be going through it. And one of the one of the people came up to me and they said, one of the interviewers they went, oh, Jamie, uh, are you scared about the? Are you scared about the Strictly curse? And I said, because I thought it would be funny, I said, no, I'm just worried I'm going to get everyone pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said as a joke. And it kind of went into the press and went everywhere, me like acting serious. And yeah. it was the first time that something that I had said had been taken out of context. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine for someone who, whenever they say, whatever they do, whatever they act, whatever happens to them, that ends up in the press, it must be really hard because you get twisted and turned and all these different things all the time.
0: Yeah, but I feel that doesn't happen the same way with podcasts because people... It's like when a journalist does an interview with you, they're not there for the whole interview and then they get to transcribe it and kind of write it and edit it how they wish. But the podcast, anyone can kind of go and listen to the whole thing and get the context. Context is very important. But you must have had, coming from Made in Chelsea, and I know you were always open talking about your relationships doing that, but it's still on a station where... You're not free from regulations. Certain things have to be edited a certain way. So you must have been restricted compared to doing your podcast where you can be Jamie Lang and say what you want.
2: Yeah, that, that was totally it. And th- that's why I suppose I became frustrated because, you know, with Made in Chelsea and things like that and different TV shows, you know, it's the same with something like Love Island, right? It, it, it's it's 24 hours put down into a, an hour show. That's all that happens, right? And so they have to squeeze everything down. With Made in Chelsea, it's, you know, we film an episode over 10 days, 2, weeks Um, that's then put into an episode which is an hour long and then there's a space of four days in between and and so on and so on and so you kind of don't get to portray everything that you want to portray or things aren't portrayed the way you think they are being portrayed and Mm -hmm. all those different things and at the beginning I suppose it was it was quite tricky um, because I would re-watch things back and go "Well, I'm sure that's not how Mm-hmm. I actually perceived it or actually that happened. and But the thing is, you you kind of have to sort of get used to that. And I think just in life, sometimes things don't really go the way that you want them to go. And you have to kind of come to terms with that, that not everything is going to go the way you want it to. And I think that's mainly Chelsea kind of taught me that from a very early age, that actually it's okay for people to see you in a different light cuz i i've always or throughout my entire life i've always wanted everyone just to love me i was like please just love me please just love me and i was yeah. such a people person and then going yeah. into a reality show like Made in Chelsea where suddenly you're seen in a different light and things go wrong and and you either behave in a bad way or you're seen like this and seen like that and suddenly people um comment on you that was quite tricky at the beginning because it's, it's not very nice not to be liked. And when you think it's also, you go, well, you haven't seen the whole story. You haven't seen everything. Mm-hmm. That becomes hard. And so when I started doing the podcast, Private Parts, it was amazing because you had this hour slot to kind of talk about whatever you wanted. And I had complete control over it. And suddenly you go, wow, no one's editing me. No one's changing me. No one's telling me this. No one's telling me that. And the fact I can just sit there with my buddy and chat about whatever we want, we have complete control over it. And it was really refreshing and liberating and just lovely in so many different ways.
0: Uh, and what I love as well, like, you know, you guys, you bear your souls to the world when you're, when you're reading your personal diaries and also when you have your guests in. I'm just wondering, have what have you learned from your guests? Because again, guests suddenly, because you're so open, they become really open. Have you ever kind yeah. of gone, oh, well, that's something I wasn't expecting to hear f- from you or yeah. learn.
2: Too much information. <laughs> Too much. I think that's what happens. What we always say with our podcast is whenever any guest comes on, we always say, listen, you have complete control over the edit. So don't worry at all. So whatever you say, if you don't want it kept in, you can have have it taken out and yes. we've never ever had anyone really who said actually I want to take that piece out and I think it's because I think it's exactly that thing is because I'm so open and so honest and Francis is open and honest and we talk so freely about different things you kind of feel like it's a safe space and the thing is is that we're all human at the end of the day, we all have skeletons, we all have problems we all have issues, we all have done things that we're proud of, we've all done things that we're not proud of and it's actually funny and okay to share those things it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of normalises uh, everything and and I also think that you know we we live in this world right where uh, everyone everyone is so connected that we've almost become disconnected. Um, you know, they, it's, so interestingly, this is a bit of a tangent, but they did this test. This is actually quite kind of saddening they did this test 20 years ago with a group of americans they got a group of americans together um i think it was about 100 and they said to them okay how many people can you turn to in a crisis how many people can you turn to when you you're in need if you you need help and the average answer was six so that's families or loved ones or friends whoever it is they did the same test to 100 americans in the present day and the average answer was zero it shows people have become lonely and disconnected and Mm. actually people don't talk because they're either scared about what other people are going to think of them or how they're going to be portrayed or how they're going to look and actually it's so important to be open and speak freely and and chat to your friends and and be honest and open and i hopefully that's what private parts does is that um, it allows our guests to come on and we're so open and free and honest with everything that we talk about that they go, okay, it's okay to talk about this, so why not talk about it? And we've never had any backlash, we've never had any bad things, so I kind of think it's, I just thoroughly enjoy it, especially when you get someone like Jamie Dimitri on, who's a, an amazing act comedian. Um, oh, he Stats at, flats, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
2: stats flats. S- I can never, I can never flats. I can never say it properly. It's like a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah, flats, 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 <laughs> um, He came on and he told the funniest story of when he was at Rada and. <laughs> You had to, but well, I can't do this as as because. But he went to Rada, and anyway, he basically the guy in front of him left a really bad surprise in the loo, and <laughs> the person behind him was one of the people, one of the sort of professors or the dramatists there who was judging oh. him. So he had to end up cleaning the loo. At oh, someone else's shit. And so people, for some reason, they open up and they become honest, and it's just mm. so liberating and so funny and wonderful when they do it.
3: And we'd put on like these huge shows every like Christmas to me was sort of being doing like really long slot like 60 shows sometimes wow. over Christmas yeah. and how old are you at this point um, between about 6 and 19 see
2: that's nuts yeah. I mean the, the young age doing that is crazy
3: yeah I mean I more often than not I'd be playing like a leaf or like a hard drive or something <laughs>
2: just like, hard drive. Yeah. like a floppy disk <laughs> yeah
3: I mean just so you know I've seen a leaf in the room and a hard drive in the room I have no creativity that's how I reach those conclusions basically I play like an animate objects in the chorus for years anyway so I did that and then I that sort of made me want to act and do stuff like that and be a show-off but then i got it in my head that i wanted to go to drama school um and that went so badly i left i just i didn't get a single recall in two years and i spent <laughs> oh, no. so much money i had no money growing up and i was and i was like uh, you know it was a huge it was like 75 pounds an audition and i hadn't i had no, and i was paying for it myself i had nothing in fact Jesus. i think my parents may have helped me out but just in case they're listening <laughs> what <laughs> um, yeah. um yeah i mean in fact i have quite a good story about a drama school audition um i auditioned for rada yeah um two years running i mean not i got nothing not a single callback in two years they hated got, me you must have got one callback no then. nothing nothing they hated me
0: who um who would you love to have on the show who you haven't had on yet
2: Oh, God, I have so, I, I mean, there are so many people out there. And, and it's interesting for, I suppose I have, there's a Paul Rudd. I mean, I love I, Paul
0: Rudd. Have oh. you ever interviewed him? I interviewed him a few years ago for, what was the film when he said Slapping the Bass? Um, oh, my with, God. Oh, dude, um, what's that film? Oh, my God, I can't think of it.
2: Oh. I, I, I love you, man.
0: Oh, I love you, man. That was it. I yeah, I interviewed him for that, and then um, a very good friend of mine, Ashling B, just um, filmed that TV show on Netflix with him. Yeah, living with yourself. And uh, I, I'm so obsessed with him from Clueless days because everyone knows he's like the fifth step brother in Clueless, and, and he hasn't aged. He hasn't and he hasn't aged, age, and he's in everything. Like he's not always the main guy. Now he's more the main guy. But if you look back at what he's been in, he's, he's, he's in, in everything. everything
2: also this is what i don't get okay so uh if you i'm just watching so you have paul rudd who's never aged okay yeah. you also have um the only way i uh, seth from the oc adam uh, adam brody, well, and brody yeah and he i'm just watching this new uh uh series which is incredible if anyone is in well, everyone's in isolation everyone's bored <laughs> and hasn't got a series um watch something called the startup on amazon prime
0: oh, I oh
2: heard of that. Is my- it good? Is it good? It is (laughs) unbelievable. It's basically um, about a cryptocurrency startup that is fueled by drug cartel money. Oh my God, Martin Freeman's in it. It's, it's Seth from the OC.
0: How but have I not heard of this?
2: I, well, I hadn't heard of it. Either. It's on season four or something. What? I, was like, what? I know, it's crazy. Things that you find out in self-isolation are incredible. So um, I, I watched that, but we have Adrian Brody, or Adam Brody, who hasn't yeah. aged. So there's two things. But then I was thinking about this. Morgan Freeman has never been young. He's, no. he's, he's, he's never, ever been young. And also Gene Hackman, who I think... I think he's I think he's died now. He was never young. I just don't I've never seen these guys ever young they've always been old in my eyes
0: yeah is, you're right there's a quite a lot of people who've just always ageless but they, they've always been old but a certain level of old and they don't surpass that
2: also can I ask you another thing because you you do this podcast and you've gone on other podcasts what mm-hmm. I find quite tricky now which is so funny is that having done private parts for three and a half years and interviewed people for you know they constantly every single week for three and a half years and you've done this for much longer than that do you find it hard when you're interviewed yourself
0: oh i find it really hard because i do that thing where i just ask questions back
2: mm. and then That's suddenly exactly I'm in, what i do. and
0: then i'm suddenly interviewing that person and uh they're like <laughs> stop doing that it's also i i also you're probably used to as well because you're you've so much experience of being interviewed and interviewing people that i know what they're trying to get from me because you know when someone's trying to go down the personal route and you're not feeling yeah, yeah. it i'm like i know where you're going with this and i always find if you talk at people enough and then and I, I can talk, I can talk and talk and talk. And then suddenly they've forgotten what they've asked me because I'm down this other rabbit hole of complete obscurity. <laughs> and they've forgotten what the original question is.
2: Yeah, but do you think it comes back to the fact that, because okay, I, I was thinking about this the other day, I think it comes back to the fact that I am so worried there's going to be a silence at some point <laughs> in, any, in, in any conversation that I will just talk at people. And so I will just talk at them. And I noticed this, actually, I've done a lot of different panel shows, and you've probably done the same in different shows with Jonathan Ross. Yeah. And Jonathan Ross, who has interviewed people for, I mean, for for, for many years, he's the same. If you're standing with him and he's talking, he will always fill silences because he can't, I think it's because when you interview people so much, you're so used to asking questions and Pushing things on and making things entertaining, that you actually find it hard to step out of that role sometimes in your normal life.
0: I, I realized though, a skill that I am working on, and I've noticed, especially from listening to podcasts, and I actually was listening to David Tennant's podcast. He does a podcast, mm-hmm. which is great. He doesn't say anything. And I think that's a gift as an interviewer. If you sometimes allow there to be silence, the person you're interviewing will fill it. And I noticed David Tennant does that and I'm like, he doesn't really, he doesn't even speak in his own podcast. He barely says two words and the other person just talks and talks
2: and talks but you need to have a real confident day to do that because yeah. there is you need to wake up where you don't give a shit and you're literally like I'm going to allow that person to talk
0: like when I first started I always wanted to make the person was interviewing as comfortable as possible and then I there's nothing wrong with a little bit of discomfort even though it, it, it is awkward for both parties but uh. I can't
2: I can't I haven't I haven't mastered that yet I haven't mastered the, the art idea. of silence oh my god I had I did one of our early interviews for private parts I won't say Say the guy's name, but we had a guy on who we interviewed, who, who's pretty pretty famous. um And if I'm totally honest, he was really he was really mean. He was not. He just didn't want to be there. He was quite rude. All these different things. And two and and it was. I didn't say anything or do anything. I just kind of tried to push on the interview. And I think today I think why didn't I say anything? Why didn't I sort of say well why are you being like this? And why did I feel the need to kind of try and please mm-hmm. him even yeah. though? And, and you've probably had that a lot of time with different people where they haven't wanted to be there, but you've had to kind of push on the interview, right?
0: Yeah. And I'm also like, why was I so bloody nice to them? Because they were obviously a dickhead. That annoys me. Now I'm just like, now I just call people out and it's absolutely fine. But no you, ways
2: you call people out. There is no way you say to them, by the way, you're being a dick. Let's carry maybe on not,
0: Maybe not in those words, but I definitely feel as you get more experience, there's nothing wrong with uh, maybe not calling people out, but you don't have to just please them if there in the me. wrong. And um, right, you've given me a list of podcasts that you listen to, which I always love cuz it gives you a lot of insight. And the first one I want to talk about, I mean, he is the king of interviewing, which is Conan O'Brien. But this is Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And after I think about 25 years of being, you know, on the late night show and interviewing all these great stars, Conan said he realized that the only people at his holiday party were the men and women who worked for him? He was like, "I have no friends," and all these people he'd interview, celebrity guests, they—they, they, he never really had a real friendship with them. So we decided mm-hmm. to start a podcast to get friends.
2: Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. He is, and uh, you know, and I think this happens to, um, to a lot of people where you, 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 you kind of go through life, um, you know, not really. You know, and I think I did this for a while where I was just kind of focused on myself a lot and focused on what I was achieving and different things and I think a lot of people do that, especially if you're highly successful. You just focus on work all the time and that's what you do and Conan O'Brien was one of these people that I actually came across uh, quite late. I I started watching his YouTube videos, this is about six years ago and he, he has, he's an amazing chat show host in America, I think he's one of the best he does one of the late shows um, a very funny stand-up comedian he was doing all these YouTube videos where he Uh, interviews his staff or he interviews uh different people and things like that and he was hilarious and he then went and started doing his podcast Conan Brian Needs a Friend and honestly for me it is one of the funniest podcasts out there because he the way his mind works is so random creative and quick the way he has chats with different individuals, and he's highly intelligent. Mm. It's just such a refreshing relief because I, I sort of became frustrated with a lot of the interview shows out there. So you see the Late Show with James Corden, or even you know, even you know, Graham Norton is the master at it. He's unbelievable to make it seem so relaxed and calm and and chilled. But at the same time, you know. All, I, all of the guests who go on these shows they kind of know what questions are going to come up and what 's going to be said and how it 's going to flow in some sort of way and with conan o 'brien 's podcast you don 't know where it 's going to go you don 't know how people are going to react you don 't know what 's going to happen, and people pay thousand thousands of pounds for for writers and people to sit in a room and come up with amazing content. But on his podcast, he just sits there and the content he comes up with and the conversations he has, you couldn't pay any writer in the world to come up with that because it's too random and authentic. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's such a great podcast. Uh,
0: And do you know
2: who he's had on that podcast? Paul Rudd. Uh, Oh, he's had Paul Rudd. And (laughs) God, I just love Paul I would, honestly, if I had to marry someone, it would be (laughs) Paul Rudd because he's just the nicest guy I, he's just the nicest human ever. There's no one as nice as Paul Rudd. I've never met him, but he just seems so <laughs> lovely. And then on Conan O'Brien's podcast, he was just so nice as well. So you are starting. You're
0: starting to sound a little bit stalkerish, Jamie. Yeah. I,
2: do you know what? I, it's, I have. I've stalked him. I've tried to find him. I, I, I try. He doesn't have social media. He has nothing. He's like. He's like a ghost. I want. I want.
0: I want a podcast uh, that you're hosting called "Finding Paul Rudd" and your search <laughs> to find Paul Rudd. <laughs>
2: Oh my God, I love him. It's like it's like catching a Pokemon. <laughs> when Clueless
4: came out and you were this fresh-faced young man that showed up on the program, very funny, very nice. Uh, and we've constantly been running into each other. I've interviewed you a million times, but also just, I, I, I'll pass you. I'll have... Uh, Paul Rudd encounters sort yeah. of like seeing a Yeti in the woods. <laughs> and it's really always a very nice experience. And I'll tell you exactly about one of them, which is JFK Airport. I think it was JFK. I was walking through JFK Airport mm-hmm. and my wife and I ran into you and you hadn't shaved and you were holding a guitar case. A banjo. You a, had a banjo yeah. in it. And you said that you were learning it and practicing it. And we just had the nicest talk with you. And here's the weird thing. Every time I know exactly where it was in JFK airport, because every time I walk through that part of JFK airport, I have the same thought, which is, yeah, I saw Paul Rudd here with his banjo. Like every single- I have the exact same memory. And I walk past that same spot, and I think the same thing. Isn't that weird? That is. That is. It's like a nice. There should be a plaque there. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that sounds grandiose. <laughs> I know some people <laughs> listening are like, "That's a little far," but I think there should be a plaque commemorating that you and I had a nice moment. There. I think I did. I think I said. You, I think I said. Yeah, I'm trying to learn uh, banjo, and. Um, you said you said something about do you want to punish your family or <laughs> yeah, yeah. That you're, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah there's probably some cruel remark. No, <laughs> <laughs> it made me, it was very funny not so funny that I remember it verbatim clearly <laughs> no but it was, like, I, it was a solid C plus yeah but I remember laughing uh, not, <laughs> not so much at the one joke but more a career in comedy thank you.
0: The joys about Conan is he has so many contacts and he knows so many people through the years. So, I mean, he's had everyone on the show from Ellen to Sarah Silverman to Steve Coogan, actually this week, Jack Black, like just all these, all these people. And it must be it must be great when you have that Rolodex and, and, you know, that address book that you can just open up and have all those numbers.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what's so amazing about it. And I think that uh, with his podcast, I started listening to it because he got those big names. You know, he got the ones you've just said, all those different ones. Mm -hmm. What I started to do is I started to listen to the ones which I didn't know so much. He gets a lot of the American comedians on who haven't quite (laughs) drifted over to the UK. But still, it's just so funny and so entertaining because it's so natural and so relaxed and so chilled. Um, And as always, with a very sort of funny podcast like that, you kind of want to have your... Uh, sort of counterparts. You kind of want to have your buddies on it, and he has his—he has his assistant called Sona, and also his producer called Matt Gawley who work with him. And he just basically throughout the entire thing just takes the piss out of them and it's an amazing relationship that you have there's but it's also there's that respect there there's that kind of camaraderie there there's everything there it's one of those podcasts that if you are on a run if you are having a bad day if you are walking down the street commuting you can just listen to sit back and relax and I think that's sometimes what people need we are sometimes so involved in like listening to something that's either gonna uh, stimulate us or gonna teach us something or we're gonna find out something new or this or that going to make us feel better but actually there's something really wonderful in just sitting back relaxed and just listening to something that's funny and that makes you feel better and Conan Brown Needs a Friend is perfect for something like that.
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. Great recommendation. Um, the next one that's on your list is missing Richard Simmons. Now this oh is God. this is an unsolved mystery. I could devour all
2: of these. This is this oh is what God. I love. Oh my lord! Have you listened to it?
0: This one I haven't because I actually because I'm all about. I love cereal. I love S Town. Yeah, all yeah. of them. I I just lapped up and. And I just finished Tiger King last night on television, and I just <laughs> and I just found out there's a podcast as well. So I'm like,
2: oh, no. yeah, all over it. I haven't watched the Tiger yet, but apparently, oh. all, apparently, you shouldn't smoke meth. What <laughs> <apparently you laughs> That's what we learned. Not. Yeah, yeah, don't smoke meth and have tigers like <laughs> Yeah, tigers not. for
0: pets, bad idea. <laughs>
2: But I'm totally with you. I think that these true crime, these mystery podcasts are just. I, I, I listen to Serial as well. I love Serial more than yeah. anything. Um, but I had a bit of a moment when I listened to Serial. I was going to put Serial down on one of my favorites, but I thought that it's kind of a really obvious one. So yeah, I wanted to it's been it's been,
0: a, it's been a it's obvious probably for a reason because so many people love it. But it has popped up quite a lot while missing Richard Simmons. I've never heard of.
2: Yeah. So so Serial's has something like 250 million downloads. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's more than private parts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> more than Castaway.
2: <laughs> but with um Syria, I was remember I was listening to it, and I was gripped by it and I was uh, I was walking I was walking I was I was away on holiday somewhere and I think I was walking on the beach and I think I don't know where, I was on the beach somewhere and I was walking down the beach and in the podcast, they started describing what a psychopath was. They went, well, this is what a psychopath is. And they're empathetic and charming. And I went, and I suddenly went, hang on a second, am I a psychopath? I was like, am I? Because I was like, wait, hang on a second. I I feel like I'm, it said unempathetic and I was like, my girlfriend had just said to me at the time, you're so unempathetic. And suddenly I was like, well, I must be a psychopath. So actually I had a love-hate relationship with Cyril. Turns out, I'm not a psychopath, which is fine. But good it scared to know. Me for, yeah, good to know, but it scared me for it. But Missing uh, Richard Simmons was one of the podcasts that I, I really loved podcasts when it was the Ricky Gervais, uh, Stephen Merchant uh, podcast back in the day yeah. um, with uh, Carl Pinkleton. And um, I loved it back then when I was 18, 19 years old. And I used to listen to it all the time. And I, then I, there was a gap. and I think everyone had a gap in podcasts and didn't really listen to them for a while because audio was only on radio and different things like that and about four years ago i think it was this podcast came out called missing richard simmons and richard simmons was for a lot of people lots of people probably won't remember him but i weirdly remember him from the movie honey i shrunk the kids now it yeah, this is so weird. Now, in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, uh, they were watching TV. It was always Honey I Blew Up the Kids. They were watching TV, and Richard Simmons was this one of the first people ever to do exercise videos on television. That's he
0: who he sp- is. I knew I recognized him. Yeah, yes. That's
2: him with the big fluffy hair. The, the, the perm, yeah. The curls, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, with the perm, with the kind of spandex, and he would hold these amazing exercise classes. Yeah. And he was this huge hit. If If you Google his name and YouTube his name, you'll know him. He was on every single chat show out there. You know, he did so many exercise videos. He's, you know, he's worth over a billion dollars. I mean, this guy created an industry which Joe Wicks is now in front of. You know, this is is Joe Wicks getting a million streams, doing an appeal lessons. Well done to him. Anyway, so Richard Simmons was this guy who was incredible in the 90s. And he had his classes that he did um, all the time, every single week in Los Angeles. And one day he didn't turn up to his class. He had never turned up to his class for 20 odd years and he disappeared off the face of this earth and no one saw him again. So
0: this was was back in 2014. He did his last
2: class and no one's seen him since. And no one's seen him since. And, uh, People became worried and upset and became concerned and all different things. And this wonderful journalist decided to, uh, I think it was for the New York Times, decided to do a podcast where he went searching for Richard Simmons. And it is gripping. It is amazing in every single way because this such loved character, this person who had such energy and such what you think so much love for life... Um, just disappeared off the face of the earth. And it's an amazing mystery podcast. It's an amazing kind of podcast about what fame can do, how people are perceived as one thing and perhaps not so much that, um, how you can play a role throughout your life, how privacy is also important. It's just incredible. And the journalism in it is just wonderful. It's heartwarming. It's great. It's even if you don't know who Richard Simmons is, is, you will really love this one. I think it's about seven part series. So when you're in self-isolation, it'll take about a day to listen to. It's just a really, really good podcast. On February
5: 15th, 2014, Richard Simmons doesn't show up to class. His students don't know what to make of it. It was like 11.35, looking at the clock. We were like, okay, now he's five minutes late. This is Ava and Loretta. They're twins. Everyone calls them the double-time twins. And then it got to like,
3: it was like 12.05, and we were just like, okay. What is happening? I don't know if Richard's coming. And then people started leaving, leaving, and then someone ended up subbing for him.
5: He doesn't show up the next week either, or the week after that. All of a sudden, nothing. This is Jenny Hart, another regular. People were saying... You know, where is he? Nobody's heard anything from him. We don't know what's happened. And then I noticed he wasn't on the schedule anymore. He wasn't responding to anyone's emails. It wasn't just me. It was everyone that I knew, all my friends through that Slimmons circle. Dave Garcia's been coming to Slimmons for five years and lost over 160 pounds with Richard. He wasn't talking to anyone. He wasn't talking to his staff that ran Slimmons. He wasn't returning phone calls. I have friends that have known him for decades. He wasn't returning their calls. Understand, Richard had been teaching at the same studio religiously since Gerald Ford was president. He started before he was famous and kept going way after he became rich. Weeks turned into months. There used to be a sign in the lobby that said, he'll be out this month due to persistent knee issues, but he'll see you next month. And they would swap it out once a month and just plug in the new month, you know, July, August, September. That came down. A while ago. And he didn't just stop showing up. He stopped communicating altogether. Before this, he never didn't return an email or text within hours. He would call people when they didn't show up to class just to check on them. When the daughter of one longtime student went to sleepaway camp, Richard would send her letters with cash in them, like your grandma does. Now, none of it. He hasn't been seen in public since.
3: Like, it just, it just, it, it didn't make any sense. It was like someone that was so consistent for so long, all of a sudden just just stop showing up it's just like something something has to be really wrong if you all of a sudden just stop showing up
5: he straight up got up and disappeared
0: incredible and it's that on those unsolved mysteries and even when you watch the tiger king you'll know it there's a a woman's husband who goes missing in it and people think she's murdered him other people think maybe he's just gone away um and it's just that not knowing and why people do the things that they do
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Oh. I, I, I just like the idea of how I watched this. I watched this um, TV program once about um, missing people. And a lot of the time people, you know, the, the upsetting thing for these sort of uh, families or whatever is that actually these people who go missing haven't been kidnapped or murdered or whatever. They actually just wanted to escape. And not mm. be in that place, and so they just disappear. And it's and it's just it's it's sort of baffling that people can do that. And in such a again in such a time where people are so connected and everything's out in the open, people can still disappear.
0: How and, can and, anyone disappear in this age? Because I feel like we're watched everything we do. Our phone watches us. Alexa listens to oh us. Oh my lord! CCTV's everywhere. I just I think it's crazy it's just I totally insane, agree I, I tell you what similar. I
2: wish I wish my Bebo account would disappear because that is still <laughs> a lot of that. do you remember Bebo The so
0: Bebo that? was big in Ireland Bebo was a thing that because I think over here it was much younger but when we were like, that's what I was using in university I only moved to Facebook because I was studying abroad in America so I had a Bebo account and stupidly <laughs> I put like so many pictures up on Bebo because it was just like our, our little community of friends yeah. but now I can't access that account now so I don't know where those pictures are but they're somewhere. <laughs>
2: I had, I had, um, my Bebo account is still up there. And my, you could put little quotes at the, um, at, at sort of on your Bebo account. Mm. One of my quotes that I had up there was live fast, die young. Oh, I mean, no. that's the worst quote and piece of advice by, by James Dean. I mean, why? No, live slow and die old. I mean, yeah. surely that's the way that you want to do it. Much um vet. Much, much better, but yeah, but missing Richard Simmons, one of the greatest podcasts. It was one of the. It's got me back into this world of podcasts. It's it's journalism. Everything about it's incredible. It really, really, really is good.
0: Well, that's the joy when you, you know when you go online to browse through podcasts. There's so much out there for every appetite, and even even just looking at the selection that you have here, um, that you've given me, it's so diverse. It's you listen to kind of such a mixture of things. And um, the next one here is Believed, and it's kind of showing the importance of survivor power.
2: Yeah, Laura, but that, that was that was me. I knew I was coming on your podcast, so I had to sound smart. Is that what it
0: is?
2: I'm not going to Yes, Yeah, secretly. I I'm just listened to Joe Rogan. This conversation <laughs> is so highbrow, Jamie. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm just really smart. And I'm just so varied in what I like. Um, I'm gonna be,
0: I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes when I'm watching television shows, I'll, especially the heavy stuff or the documentaries, I'll be like, you know, I need an episode of Friends right now.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally. It's like someone asked me the other day, what, um, what have you been reading at the moment? And I go, oh, you know what? I um, I can't put down, uh, I can't put down Shoe Dog. It's about the owner of Nike, and you know this. and yeah. I'm not literally. I've been reading holes or whatever. It is. <laughs> Or Goosebumps. I can't come around to say it because it makes me look stupid. But Believed, again, is a another great podcast. And the wonderful thing about podcasts, right? Okay, for example, the reason why, probably you and I like podcasts so much, is they're easy to do. Anyone can do them. You know, you and I aren't sitting in the same room at the moment. We are in self-isolation in, in, you know, two different parts of the country, but we can still do a podcast, and that's what's Mm. so great about it. And Believed is a podcast by NPR, which is an independent kind of um, podcast company. And it's all about Larry Nassar, who was the Olympic gymnast doctor who got away with abusing... I mean, he abused hundreds of, of girls... Throughout his I know, I think it was like twenty or thirty years. And he it's incredibly upsetting, it's incredibly moving, it's amazing to see what people in power can do um if you just don't stop them. And it's And, you know, especially in this, you know, in the current situation where we've had the likes of Harvey Weinstein and different things, and all these people come out and actually speak openly. It's an amazing piece, again, of journalism that these people go down following the story of Larry Nassar and what he did. Because, I mean, the things that he did, and not to sound too too graphic, but... He was, as I said, he was an Olympic gymnast doctor, he was a physio, and girls, uh, young women would come into his room with their parents, and he would sexually abuse them while the parents were in the room without the parents realising. I mean, it's just crazy. And he did these things, and it is, you know, the survivors of of this terrible guy come out and speak openly and honestly and show why it is important to speak out and it's just an amazing podcast from a kind of independent podcast company who do some amazing journalism and the only way they funded it was by people helping them fund it so the public giving them money and it's an amazing amazing podcast again
1: Larry Nassar abused women and girls for more than 20 years.
2: With disturbing news in the world of elite gymnastics, the former team doctor... And
1: a lot, lot of people, they think they know this story. Dozens of survivors shared their stories in court... Over and the- basically giving him more than a century in jail. But serial predators don't just get away because of sloppy police work or inept institutions. They get away because we let them. Those fears go through your head the whole time. What if I'm not believed? If there were ever a moment to ask, what does it take for women to be believed? That moment is now. From Michigan Radio and NPR, this is Believed. I'm Kate Wells. And I'm Lindsay Smith.
0: And this is the story of how Larry Nassar got away with it for so long. You'll hear from survivors.
1: Everyone would just say, like, he's just touchy, like he's a little weird.
4: You'll hear from parents. I remember out of the corner of my eye seeing what looked to be potentially an erection. You'll hear from police.
2: You know, we we could have. We could have went to a doctor and said, is this a, you know, what what is your thoughts on this medical procedure?
0: You could have or you guys probably should have? Or is that
2: clear? Should, yeah, well, we, we should have. That's something that we should have done.
0: And you'll hear from Larry himself when he gets away and when he's finally cornered.
1: You know, I'm not purposely trying to,
2: to get arousal from
1: doing any treatment. You know what I mean,
0: come on. And I always think, especially because it's not always an easy listen, but yeah. it's gripping and you can't make up real life. But all the no. all the stories that, that I read and, you know, all the dramas I watch on television, it's the real stuff. It's the real stuff that, that shocks you the most.
2: Yeah, it's totally that. And it's, you just can't believe that things like this actually happen. And it's just crazy. There was a, it's interesting about that sort of sense of power. There was a test and I can't remember what test it was called. It's, they did this test where basically they got a group of people into a room and they partnered them up with a complete stranger. And they said, right, once you're partnered up, you come with us. And they, someone in a white coat took the two partners into a room and they were separated. One went into one room, the other person went into another room. And there was a wall separating the two of them. And one of the people sat in a chair and they were asked questions. And they were explained that every single time they get a question wrong, the person in the opposite room is is locked up to a electric, uh, being electrocuted, and every single time you get a question wrong, the electricity is going to go up, and it's going to shock the other person. And because a person in a white coat told them that this was okay, and this test was all right, and... And that it was fine that this was happening. Even though they could hear screams from the next-door room, they still turned up the electricity themselves. They had to do it. And it was completely fake. No one was in the next door room. No one was being electrocuted. Nothing was happening. But it was about psychologically, would you do, would you be pushed to almost murder someone, do things if someone in authority said it was okay? And in this podcast, Believed, it's where someone who has so much power, so much authority says that this thing that he is doing is fine. You just believe it. Because why would you question it? I think
0: that makes us question anyone who's in power for for all of us who's telling us what to do.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think that sometimes we forget that even though someone is metaphorically wearing a white coat or a uniform doesn't mean that they have any power over you. You just should always just question things. And I really, really like the podcast Believed.
0: that's Believed. It was named a winner of the prestigious Peabody Awards. It's a very prestigious award, especially in the podcast world. And yeah, it is an incredible piece of journalism. Maybe listen to an episode of Private Parse afterwards.
2: Yeah, yeah, do that. I still have not won the Peabody Award. I have to. Is it the Peabody? What is it called?
0: Yeah, the Peabody Award. But you guys have been nominated. Your podcast has been up there. You guys
2: yeah, are killing yeah. it. Yeah, but, but yeah, but, no, we got nominated for a the podcast awards last year, two thousand nineteen, uh, the comedy awards, uh, comedy uh, section, the podcast awards. And what happens is, is you are nominated. It's in a category of five, so five other people are are, are nominated, mm-hmm. and. Uh, What happens is when we arrive there, you get a a gold, bronze, silver and gold. Mm -hmm. And the other two people in the category aren't mentioned. We waited uh, for two hours until the second last um, uh, section, which was the comedy section to be announced. And we it went bronze. It went (coughs) bronze, whoever it was. And we went, oh, my God, we're going to win this. Here we go. It went silver, somebody <gasps> else. And as it was about to say gold, I was like, we've won this. Gold, someone else. We came last. We didn't even get a mention. So we sat there for two and a half hours. And I was like, well, we didn't even. We came last. Technically, you came fifth. No, no. Technically, we came last. Who <laughs> won? Who won? I can't with some much better podcast than uh, that you can't
0: remember, and we we that won't even give we won't give the platform to promote at this that I time. Hate. Um, and then the final podcast that you recommended uh, for our listeners is Reply All, um, which is actually is a perfect time to talk about this because um, it's talking about how we're so reliant on technology and internet culture podcast, and perfect timing because that's all we have at the moment.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, Reply Always is one of my favorite podcasts, and one of the podcasts again that I started loving after I started listening to Missing Richard Simmons and things like that. Now, Reply Always by a company called Gimlet. Gimlet are one of the biggest. They actually just got bought by Spotify. They were kind of the pioneers in creating podcasts, pretty much. Now, it's hosted by two guys. One called PJ. VOT, I think it is Alex Goldman. Um they launched the show in twenty fourteen. It's been downloaded, I mean, a huge five amount million of time.
0: times per month or something stupid like that. Is
2: that is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I've
0: seen that figure here. Yeah, five million times per month apparently. Five million times That per seems month. crazy. She... Or maybe five that... I've five million times per month written here, but maybe it's five million times. But that's an awful lot. <laughs>
2: No, I think it would be 5 million times per month. Again, a little bit bigger than the (laughs) 5
0: trillion per trillion gazillion times. Just make up a mad number. 5
2: billion million times. Um... And what's so great about Reply All is, as you said, we're living in this world of tech, right? Where you are connected via phones and all these different things. And Reply All, they ask their listeners to send in their problems, their tech problems, their problems that they are having with their phones, their internet, whatever it is. It sounds very techy. It's not at all. If you're not into tech, trust me, you'll still love this one. And they try and solve the problems. Now, the problems vary from different things. And I'll give you, give you sort of a couple examples of what we have, which is just amazing. There's one episode on Reply All called uh, I think it's called Vampire Diaries mm-hmm. where uh, a couple are uh, break up and uh, the boyfriend uh, shared an apartment with his girlfriend. They shared a dog they shared everything and they broke up and it's very upsetting Um, and he becomes single and he decides to go on Tinder and when he's on Tinder, he's swiping through on Tinder and he comes across a girl on Tinder who's wearing his clothes, who's holding the dog that he shared with his girlfriend, sitting on the sofa that he shared in his apartment with his girlfriend on Tinder. He screenshots it, sends it to his ex-girlfriend and says, this is really not funny, why have you done this with one of your friends? And the ex-girlfriend says, I've never met her in my life and Ah. what reply all do is they go out and find who this person is here's the background okay it's a woman named molly she lives in brooklyn
1: okay two years ago she moved in with her boyfriend and about a year after that they broke up
5: so uh i moved out and a month and a half after that i got a text from him with a screenshot from tinder so there was that i was learning that he was using tinder after a month and a half and it showed a picture of a girl that I had never seen before sitting in my dining room, hugging my dog, just surrounded by my stuff.
1: It's like a horror movie. How were they sure that it was their place? It was a picture of a woman sitting on an Ikea bench that they bought together on top of a old ratty sheepskin that her ex-boyfriend owned, holding Molly's dog. That's weird. It was, I'm assuming that Molly didn't know who this person was. Molly didn't know who this person was. Somebody had been in their apartment who neither of them knew and had taken a picture of themselves or an, and had a picture in their apartment and that picture was their Tinder photo? Yes. That's so weird.
5: Did he swipe right on her?
1: Uh, yes, he did. And is the, is the way... <laughs> Is the way that Tinder works that the other person has to swipe right on you as well before communication can be initiated? Yes. I can't, if I, if you don't swipe right on me, I can't message you. Right. She did not swipe right on him. Got it. So all that Molly had to go on was this woman's profile.
5: It says her name is Jennifer. She was 28 years old at the time that screenshot was taken. Um, she's interested in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, and that was about all the information that, that was included there. Um, and my ex texted it to me with the caption, do you know who this is? We have no common friends. Uh, and I've never seen her before.
1: Yeah, I mean, that must have been, it must have been very complicated because he, he came to you with something that was kind of tantalizing, like a mystery. He didn't know who this person was. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah, gripped. How gripped. Yeah, yeah, gripped. And another one is one called Long Distance, which is incredible, where... Have you ever got one of those emails come in which says... um, your iTunes has been hacked uh, or your iCloud's been hacked. Click this link. All to under.
0: the time. And then it's yeah. hard to know because one time it actually was real, but then a lot of the times it's not real. <laughs> if you go into what the, uh, the... You have to be careful about that one. But um, <laughs> but then I remember going into the email, I'm like, that doesn't look like a real email from Apple.
2: <laughs> I keep getting the ones which says that they, they... You click on it and they say, we have... Uh, look, we have hacked your your, uh, your iMac camera and we have caught you oh. doing <laughs> explicit things to things that you shouldn't be doing. And I'm going, that can't be true. I'm sure that Can can't it? be true. <laughs> Can that be true? I don't know. But what they do with long distance in Reply, which is set in two parts, long distance one, long distance two is Alex Goldman, who is one of the hosts and it gets sent an email like that saying your oh, iTunes is being hacked. And he realizes obviously fake. So he follows the email all the way to the source in India and confronts them. And it's incredible. It's amazing. So it's kind of techie. It's kind of um, detective work. It's kind of mystery. It's all those things put into one. It's, It's from people who are listeners. So it's kind of everyday issues. Really wonderful, great podcast. There's loads of different ones. And each one is as good as the other. And if you just want to binge listen to it, if you're walking again, if you go on your walk for an hour, just listen to Reply All. You'd love it.
0: Oh, it's so good. That's Reply All. With um, your podcast, you always kind of divide the interviews into two parts. Why is that?
2: It's because people, we are worried that people are going to be laughing too much. That we (laughs) (laughs) Such a problem. We're too funny. People can't handle it. They'll wet themselves. We're too funny, so we need a... So, no, because uh, we, we had this idea that I think that uh, people mainly listen to podcasts when they're commuting. So if they're going to work um, uh, or coming back from work or different things like that. And so we want to kind of make it that way that in the morning when you're going to work, you'd have your half an hour first part and on the way back you listen to the next half an hour Um, and also I think it just does give a natural break in the conversation Mm. you know the great thing about your podcast or is that it sort of has this format that you're hitting you know different podcasts throughout so it's kind of like a nice easy flow with R1 there isn't so much of a format it's more of just a a ramble brief conversation chat and actually at some point we get to a mark where actually we go okay we can can take a break now because then we can come back in part two and we can almost start a brand new conversation so it kind of works for us and it also works for the audience as well with for the listeners um, and so we've always done it that way I just don't know why we've always just decided to do it that way you're very smart I'm not smart at all I promise you listen I read goosebumps still that is not very smart
0: i want to go back to um i used to read sweet valley high back in the day i wonder if they're still (laughs) around those books i used to go to the library and get them and have to pretend i was getting something a little bit more academic um you mentioned there with with your podcast in two halves that you it's great for people who listen to podcasts commuting because they listen to it going into work and coming home from work jamie where do you listen to podcasts
2: Normally. Do you know what I, I? I listen to podcasts at all different times. I listen to podcasts when I'm running. I do that a lot. Uh, I was actually. I, I was. This is no whatever lie. I was. I was running this morning, listening to your podcast with Niall Horan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for that.
0: up our figures I- by
2: one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So anyone who hasn't listened to Castaway, you should go and have a listen to it. Well, Um, I mean, they're listening
0: to you say that promote it as you're on it. So they're already listening.
2: Guys, go listen to it. It's a really good (laughs) podcast. But so I kind of, I do it in sort of my times because otherwise when I found out that I was just constantly staring at my screen and I was constantly looking at my screen all the time. And and Mm. that was becoming tiresome, and we stare at screens all day every day and actually when you have something in your ears that you're listening to it's kind of very intimate it's personal it's kind of really engaging almost Mm. Um, and when you're on a run and you can listen to music and things like that but actually listening to a good podcast there's nothing better.
0: Jamie, thank you so much for joining me on Castaway. Thank you for the recommendations. And also, it's been lovely for me personally, because uh, there's quite a few there which I haven't listened to before. So I'm kind of hoping lockdown, well, I shouldn't say this, but lasts a little bit longer because I have so much to catch up on.
2: Oh, God, I i listen. Honestly, It's thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to go and watch the Tiger Show, which is all about me. <laughs>
0: I've, <laughs> I kind of feel I kind of feel bad because I feel like I'm just publicising this show I've literally told everyone everyone I've talked to today I've just told about the Tiger King I'm like watch the show watch the show I'm like am I working for them now do I get a commission for every time I've watched
2: <laughs> all I'm I want to do I'm going to go and kidnap Paul Rudd and watch Tiger King <laughs> with him that's what I want to do
0: uh, I really enjoyed this thank you so much for coming on Castaway are you
2: kidding me thanks bro. I really appreciate it
0: and that's it Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away, delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care.